Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who haven't scored since 1958. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 308. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-Case. Casey, there, man. Oh, 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 hey, Chris. <laughs> oh, oh, good, good. I was worried the alarm might hey. go off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Case is here with me. All right. Got a lot of good stuff going on. Big show. We're going to talk a quick review of the Texans game. Uh, where did things go wrong for the players and Matthew Patricia and uh, Matthew Stafford's future? We're going to talk a little bit about that. We got those things a whole lot more. We got a lot to talk about today. We got a great show lined up. Case, are you ready to go, my man? Case. Case. Hello? Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on the Patreon. Very special thanks to Dylan from... Wham! Wow, he is back. (laughs) That nap last week really helped him out. Of course, our very first donor, Mathis and Brian Burkheiser from I Prevail. He's bringing the gasoline, iprevailband.com, and we're burning it all down. Uh, We'll talk about all that. But anyway, uh, him, us, everybody, Carter, Carter P., Big guy right there, uh, hanging out with the uh, with us in the Slack. They are all Patreon people. Join them at patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast and join us. It is the most exciting place to hang out. Uh, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet in our Slack chat, and you can get access to that by joining us on Patreon. All you have to do is hook up with a dollar a month donation for the show uh, at patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. You'll get access to the Slack and interact with all of us and a great, great group of people, like I said, Carter, and uh, one of the funniest guys on earth, uh, Wisco. All kinds of good stuff going on. So uh, check it out, patreon.com slash DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Like I said, as little as a dollar a month gets you access to all that. And I want to tell you, there is nothing better in the offseason than that slack. It is it is. It is the best. It's great during the season. The game, the game threads the whole. I game. like it better during the off season, man. I really do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's. I mean, it, frankly, this season there's been no better place to be. The the most. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> it's been a tough tough year, but whatever. I guess like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast on Instagram, Detroit Lions Podcast, and on the Twitter machine at D E T Lions Podcast, D E T Lions Podcast. The very best place to see Case napping. <laughs> For those that don't know, uh, the reason Riz was on last week is because Case slept through our oh, show. Oh <laughs> no, uh, I got I got to tell you guys. Uh, we, so I work at a restaurant. We get we get our food trucks in on uh, Tuesday mornings at uh, five o'clock in the morning. So um, that's been, it's been a struggle for me to do Tuesday evenings uh, shows, but it just got changed this week. So we are now doing them Monday nights, and and that should help. That should help. Oh, God. Get the, all the information like I'm talking to my wife here. Uh, yeah, anyway, so he slept through last week. <laughs> yes, I, I absolutely did. 
<laughs> Subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast, or youtube.com slash DLP Clips. We're going to have a bunch of clips heading over there real, real shortly. We've been taking a little bit of break on that because everything else going on. Um, got some new auction items going up. If you're a Michigan fan, Thanks, we've man. got some great uh, Michigan books coming up. Check those out. Uh, it's from Jim Brandstatter. Signed, one written by Jim Brandstatter. Uh, good, good stuff. Uh, head on over to auction.detroitlinespodcast.com for that. Um, there's Darren McCarty stuff. There's really, really good stuff over there. Really, really cool Lions signed stuff. There's a, a coup de ball, De- uh, DeAndre Swift, a lot of good stuff. Anyway, check us out on youtube.com slash Podcast. Rate us iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, Pandora, all the places where you go. Give us those five-star reviews. Let them know. Let them know how beautiful it is to hang out with us. And if you can't give us the five stars, head on over to the subreddit. Curse us out. Tell us all the reasons you think we're only a four-and-a-half-star show. And maybe we can earn that extra half-star from you. I mean, Case has been known to drop by a guy guy's house and do what it took. So anyway, get, get us up, right? Uh, or, or he'll get you up. It's called Skype Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us in the Lions line. 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and you'll get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Sorry, Case. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review this week in Reddit. Alright, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And oh my goodness gracious, a lot happened. A lot has happened. We had a show right after the, uh, the the announcement of Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. We had an sure. emergency podcast of sorts. Case he was he was, was working. Was working. He was working. He's always working. And when he's not working, here he is working for you guys. You guys give this man some love. I, I, I give him a hard time, <laughs> but it's because I do love him. So. But you guys, you guys, don't you know, know I, like I said, you know, we put in 24 hours straight. I felt like I deserved a few weeks off. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you did too, buddy. You worked hard. You worked really hard. And just so you know, it was decided in your absence that, um, if we hit 20 grand, whether it's through the, uh, yeah, the auction or anything else, you're still getting the pie in the face. Yeah, no, I, I figured I, I, I'm good for it. Okay, all right. Adrian <clears throat> Bivens hit us with 20 on the St. Jude. He went stjude.org slash DLP. stjude.org slash DLP. Help the kids. Donate for the kids there. And uh, we're raising money. We're at seventeen, almost $17,600, everybody. You have been amazing. So thank you so much for doing that. Also, if you're interested in all that great gear, auction.detroitlionspodcast.com. There's a, two pages of great stuff, some more stuff coming up. Oh, my God, I didn't tell you. Billy Sims signed football just showed up today. So we'll have that nice. on in the next day. Very nice. A nice picture of that. And uh, you could you could get that. Billy Sims, great stuff. So all right. Um, let's talk about the Houston game really quick, the Texans game. Uh, Thanksgiving, sitting around. Like I said, folks, it was a great game to go ahead and put on as kind of background noise. Don't get <laughs> don't get too invested in it. Don't sit down and let it ruin your holiday. You've already got crazy Uncle Bob there talking about whatever conspiracy he's talking about. You don't need the added stress of actually caring about the Lions. And if you did care, I, I'm sorry for you because that was, a, that was a tough game to watch. There was a few points I actually sat down and watched it, and um, my family thought I was literally insane because I just broke out in laughter at the comedy and some of the crap that went down that game. That was so hard to watch. The degree of attention that I pay to the Lions is 
I mean, I am somebody who watches every play if I can do it. That's right. <laughs> so it's super rare for me to ever stop watching a game. Um, but even at halftime, even when I, even when it still seemed like they were in the game, uh, I just decided I made a, I made it an executive decision, you know, in my life that I cared about the, I, I was with a few friends, a very small gathering, um, as, as safe as we could be type situation, but there were several of us there and I'm the only Lions fan, obviously where I live. So, um, I just decided to uh, walk away, and I feel like that was the correct decision. So, yeah, I don't I, regret. I did for the first time in a, you know, I, I consider myself a fan, and will always consider myself a fan, and will always. I'll probably go back and watch the second half of the game at some point. And I did watch highlights, you know, lowlights as they were, um, <laughs> but I just didn't feel like the players cared. And so why should I care? You know, it's funny. I, I talk about our origin story where we got this started and how we like we never thought it would last this long. Never, you know, we did it, it was fun, it was um it was gonna be an experience, but people really enjoyed it. Really people really mm -hmm. grabbed a hold of this and it 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 felt like a responsibility and I, and and not in a bad way, right? But and this is this is a little weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to say this in a way that makes sense. Um but if it became like uh, a responsibility, I have to do this, like like a, almost like a real job, you know what I mean? Because there's just yeah. like if we miss a show, people are like, "What happened? What's going?" Like th there's an influx of 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 mail and and twitters and the whole thing, and uh, it's like, oh my god, right? There's there's a responsibility here, and it's like, is it like a job? Did, did this like become a job? And it's like, no, because this this right here that we're doing. I freaking love doing this. I absolutely yeah. love this. There's win, lose, or draw. I absolutely love doing the show and interacting with people and taking the phone calls and doing that whole thing. I, I enjoy it. The, the slack, the whole thing is just it, it's fabulous. The hardest part about this is watching the games. There's and it's 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 like every year there's one or two games at least during the season where I sit in there and I'm like, God. I just want to turn it off. I want to I go like do something else. Yeah. <laughs> I like them more and more. You understand exactly where I'm coming from when I say the off season is my favorite part of the year. <laughs> I know. I know. It is that is the job. That actually watching the game part of the Lions is the but the, you know, you never know what could happen and and then the off season comes and, and like I absolutely one of the highlights of, of, of two of the biggest parts, the highlights of the off season is the uh the senior bowl. I Absolutely, it is such an enjoyable thing. We got to get you there, Casey. You're gonna, you're just gonna love yeah, it. Yeah, no, we'll we'll make it work eventually. Yeah. This year, oh. this, we would have done it this year if not for yeah, you know all the stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the draft. I love our draft show. I love doing that. That's such a just a blast. The training camp party, all that, and training camp and all that. I just really, really enjoy those parts of the offseason and and all the stuff that goes on so much. And I'm just waiting for this team to. Give me something during the season that is as enjoyable as all the excitement and the buildup of the offseason. So it's been it's been tough. It's been tough. So we're gonna talk. We got a lot of things to talk about. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start actually with something here that we we were gonna end with, Case, and I, I, I just want to 
get into this a little bit. We talked about this a little bit on our show, uh, the Coach Patricia show. We're getting into this this kind of series of overtime, and you'll see that Riz has dropped a couple of things on this already. Um, but it's this this idea of hiring and firing in the NFL and in the sports world, right? Um, what what works? What doesn't work? Uh, what does a job? What does a GM job actually consist of? You, you saw that Lions Wire did the the article about what is Bob Quinn's job actually, right? And how they combine two jobs and probably shouldn't have for a rookie GM. Um, what's an uh, an interview actually like? What's a what's the the effective approaches to that? We've got some great stuff. We have some case studies. We have some information. We'll talk about the process because the Lions are going through it right now. They're doing some things, but it's nothing that's really big that we're going to see. We're going to go into next year. We have or next week we have an interview with uh, Brian Rizepa, who wrote a book called "You're Hired: A Guide to Working in Sports." Talked to twenty different coaches, GMs, um, athletic directors about the the hiring process, what it takes, what's the day to day job for a GM, what do, what do they actually do, right? What does Rod Wood actually do? And and again, that was a Riz article. We t- we talked. We'd work a little bit in conjunction together to go through these things with you guys and and help you kind of have a good view ahead of rather than a reaction to this whole process we're about to go to. So that's that's coming up and I'm 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 excited about it. Um this just some really really good info and I think we can help you guys and help and ladies get kind of get ahead of the, the 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 game in this rather than just read the speculation that you're going to get from the people in the media that only learn about it in Zoom these days. So at least give you a position and some information about it. So um, anyway, that's, like I said, that was one of the things we were talking about later. Let's go back to what we're going to start out with. The Texans game. Did you what? Did you stop watching at halftime? Is that what you said? Did you actually? Yeah, well, I, I, I wouldn't say I stopped watching completely. I just stopped paying attention at halftime because it was ugly. And I, yeah. I think both teams uh, looked absolutely ridiculous in the first half. There was everything was awful. But uh, what what really stood out to me more than anything else was when Texans were on offense and none of our guys other than the OK, so I do think it's fair to give a shout out to the guys who were out there busting their ass. Uh, so we should do that as well. But before I do that, I'll say there were so many plays where the Texans got an easy completion and nobody bothered to work for a tackle. Yeah. And that was, it was just, it was pathetic, truly pathetic, how lackadaisical and how uncaring the players were. Do you remember when the Lions played the um the Jets originally how many points the Jets the scored? first the first game of yep. Patricia's career yep yeah I do how many points did they score uh the the Lions scored on the opening the Diggs opening play of the game yeah. and it was Quinn Quinn's no it was Diggs interceptions it was Quinn Quandre Diggs are you sure I, I, I'm 99.99999 okay okay I'll buy that I'll buy that it's been a few years. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that my brain is scrambled. But, so interestingly, um, the Jets scored 41 points. Yeah, yeah. No, I do remember that we lost real bad because I was embarrassed, very and, embarrassed. And the close, <laughs> the close of the seasons, 41 points against the yeah. Texans scored against us. That magic 41, 
yeah. on uh, on Matt Patricia. That's the, yeah. the the number he doesn't want. To say. And and interestingly, they scored forty one on him in the Super Bowl at the end of his career in in New England as well. So yeah, forty one is the magic number for Matt Patricia. And now the Detroit Isn't Lions. Isn't that a, like a schoolhouse rock? Might have been. Might have been. Um, so All right. Everybody's telling me Diggs. I, I'm sorry. I, was wrong. <laughs> sorry. I, I remembered it being Quinn, but that, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, the bad man is gone, boys. Show me on the doll. Um, no, that's uh, it, it, it is. He is gone. That was a tough game. That Texans game was horrible. There were a few points when I was literally laughing maniacally and my, my family was looking at me like I had absolutely fallen off the, the turnip truck at that point. Um, it was just, it was just comically bad. And you say the players weren't trying. I don't know if they were or weren't right. Well, the, some it of them just were felt like, and I, I, I want to talk about the ones that were, I hated. Well, there's one guy that was trying too hard. Uh, Will Fuller, <laughs> But we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> I mean, for the Lions. <laughs> oh God, Carter! How does one point to their soul on the doll? Um, that was San- that was Sandman. They 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 touched me right in my right in my fandom. <laughs> they touched me in my fandom. <laughs> That's a bad place to get touched. So um, uh, get uh, Sandman to do a video of slow. Slow, uh, slow lights of Patricia riding away on the four wheeler, <laughs> the foot in a cast. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Why don't you talk about some of the, the Lions player highlights? Well, okay. So there's, um, as far as the defense is concerned, I what impressed me and not impressed me in a like I was honestly impressed with the overall, you know, but the defensive line never gave up. That was the only unit on the field that never gave up. They were pushing the whole game and they're not the best. Yeah. And they are very much, that is very much our weakest unit. I shouldn't say that our linebackers are, but they're not a great unit in terms of their, their top tier talent, especially missing flowers and, and you know, whatever else is going on there with injuries and et cetera. But they were trying they were trying so hard, and, and I appreciate that despite the abysmal circumstances that were going on the rest of the game, every one of those guys out there on the defensive line, I, I thought was impressive just for the sake that none of them gave up. And then the only other guy on defense that's worth mentioning, I, I feel like, is Arawarie. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me really quick. I got a, it's a sidebar and I apologize, but do you know that Sandman is like Beetlejuice? If you say his Sandman. name three times, he shows up in the chat. Sandman. <laughs> He's, he just showed up. Hi, Sandman. Sandman. Thanks, there brother. We go. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> He's here. Wow. Um, yeah, no, no. The defensive line, it worked hard. They worked hard and didn't give up. I appreciated the effort they were putting in, even if they weren't getting home. Um, it's not a unit that I want to see continue on exactly the way it is now. But I also feel like a lot of those guys have roles at deeper positions. If we can fill in the, you know, the top mm-hmm. end of the roster, it, it, that's, that's a future problem, but yeah, 
Well, that, that they that those guys still committed to giving it everything they had in a game like that game that impresses me, and I feel like that should impress everybody. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I I saw something I forget where I saw it, but Jelani Tavai watching him again. He, I hate to call him out, right? Because none, mm. none of this is, I don't think, his fault. Kind of like Eric Ebron. Jelani Tavai is almost like Eric Ebron, but without the stupid attitude, right? In the, right. In the, in the dumb right. Twitter. Um, I, I just expect more of him. And, and I see him like so much he seems confused on the field. Here's what's going to be wild. If we get a new defense and all of a sudden he steps up and becomes a starter quality linebacker right which I, I don't expect him to turn into to deandre levy what he was for us right but if he suddenly can play the game at a starting you know and and, and have a starting position that he deserves and it's and, i mean it's not impossible right look he's not the fastest guy in the field i understand that but right now it's like he can't commit he doesn't know whether to rush up or to go back into coverage and so he kind of sits between both and he's not in position for either one ever. And it's just like always a second or third man in on a tackle, right? I mean, that's the kind of best you're going to get out of him. But he's just out of position all the time. And I don't know. I mean, look, again, he's not going to win any track, you know, action, some traction. But uh, <laughs> I think, is it a scheme thing? Is he being asked to think too much in order to play the game? And, and well, I, this you- is going to be interesting to see just how good he pans out if he remains on the team um, on a go forward with a different defense and a different scheme. Well, I think you can say the exact same thing about Jared Davis. Mm. I think 100% you can say the exact same thing about Jared Davis. And Tracy Walker to have a resurgence possibly. Yeah. If suddenly he turns up again like he did in his first season because a lot of these guys their trajectory has been downward instead of upward. And we made, you know, early on we saw some guys develop and turn into something. But over time, as you get more data points, and again, that's one of the things when you talk about with the AI guy on um, Castanadidas, I couldn't say his name then either, uh, (laughs) from um, Pittsburgh, who they have a huge AI department there. But he talked about how in basketball they could do all kinds of great work with the AI and, and tell you know, plays and what's going to work and what wasn't and, 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 and do predictions and stuff. Um, in football, there's just not enough data points in 16 games and the number of plays they play. You just don't get enough information to be able to pre- make predictions and stuff about how things are going to work. It takes a lot to see where things are going, what the trend is. And they just worked out um, not the way. Um, Loretto, really quick on the Super Chat. Can't blame any of the players, especially when you have a coach you can't develop talent or scheme to put players in a position to succeed with their talents. And that's that's exactly it, Loretto. That's what we're talking about. If And thank you for the super chat. Really, very much appreciate it. Um, we'll, we'll tell. There's guys now on our on our defense that we're going to be able to tell if, how much better they are than, than what they've shown so far. Is it a scheme thing or is it a player ability thing? And interestingly, um, and I think this was Ash in the, that had brought this up and I, I bring up Ash a lot because he makes great points a lot. But um, if suddenly we start winning games, if we were to win out the rest of the year, uh, maybe we shouldn't have fired Bob Quinn because <laughs> the players are all right, right? I mean, it, it's it's one one kind of thought process along the way. Oh, there's Ash. Hey, Ash, how you doing, buddy? He was he was saying he really does make good points. 
All right. Uh, let's. Talk yeah. I, <laughs> we'll see. I feel like that's a. I, I want to save that conversation for a, uh, another show. Yep. The Bob Quinn conversation. Yeah, it's a big one. We got a lot of other stuff to cover. Yes. Let's talk about Will Feller, Will Fuller and the Lions. This is so standard, <laughs> so standard. Guy is burning it on the field and maybe burning it off the field. Either way, one the performance enhancers uh, shows up right after he just absolutely torched us. And now he's done for the season, right? Five games uh, he's out for. Uh, that was Battle Reports JV. He put that on the uh, on the on the Reddit. Um, I want to do some some PEDs. If you look that good, I can't imagine how awesome I'd be at work. You've already got that CBD thing going on. Just there you go. You did it for chill. me. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. <laughs> we'll get it in early. <laughs> All right. That yeah. was not planned. <laughs> <laughs> how um, are you? Is it working for you? Is that why you're missing? I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> still waiting for them. They're they're still on the way. Oh, okay. I just, um. Yeah. There was different performance enhancing drugs that made you miss your alarm clock. No, I mean, it, it. even if you look at just this year and not all the other years where this is also seemingly un, inevitably true, we just, we always hit the opponent at the worst possible time to hit the opponent. They're always at their absolute best when we get them. How many times, you know, and I think this is, you're, you're the so The bears right. early in the year. And then they fell off a cliff. The Vikings, right at the top of their resurgence this year. Yep. And 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 we we're going to be playing can't them. Escape that stuff. We absolutely and can't escape it. The last game of the season, you know, is going to be the one they must win to make the playoffs, right? right. And they're going right. to come out just stoked. Um, but thank you for catching zero on fantasy this week. Feeling, you piece of shit. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Oh, I am the top scoring in our league. Uh, not not everybody wants to hear us talk, you know, wax poetic about our fantasy leagues. But in our DLP league, I, I in uh, in my DLP league, I'm the top scorer overall by <laughs> enormous margin. There's no poetry at all in mine. If I, I lose two... next week, I'm going to miss the playoffs. I I had. Two <laughs> wide receivers score zero points this week. If I lose next week, I'm going to miss the playoffs despite being the top scoring team in the league. Oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would actually t- find some solace in that. That would make my season so much better <laughs> just to know that that happened to you. <laughs> so, no, neither of us are ready to be your, uh, your GM there, uh, Sheila. I mean, we'd be happy to interview but um, probably not your top candidates. Um, yeah, wow, that's Steve-O, I agree. It, we we did suck. I'm not I'm not arguing with that. Um, it's just a matter that every year, even when we haven't completely sucked, we just end up running up against teams at the worst possible times. So every we, every you know. single time, it's it's oh Green Bay, you're gonna play Green Bay. When are you gonna do it? Oh, at the end of the year in Green Bay, right? For how many years? Oh, okay, well, that changes up. Well, what happens? Oh, no, you get them, and then they get injured a week later, right? There's literally no situation where we get to play people at the worst. So many times, like the Bears is going to be a good one. Had we beaten them at the beginning of the year, right, and thought we did something great, they would have fell apart at the end of the year, and it would have been, oh, yeah, another right. another win against a losing team. None of these things right. ever work out, right? It, it, it's, it's just never 
I don't care if everybody's a losing team that we beat. On the other hand, if they lose to us, instead it, it starts their failure. But like everybody, um, the 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 Panthers, right? We hit them at just the wrong time. The Vikings, like you said, we hit them at the wrong time. Chicago, and we we get freaking. Trubisky when he's looking like Peyton Manning out there now. I mean, <laughs> he got the coach say they don't even play for personal pride, right? <laughs> it's like, what the heck? Oh, by the way, it's going to be a mess this week. The one thing we have to look forward to if we think about looking forward to Chicago is the idea that we could be the thing that got Matt Nagy and their GM <laughs> and their coach fired. It could be. Hey, that would be the a Lions. <laughs> feather in our cap, man. It would make my week. <laughs> that would be a, a, a sign of changing fortunes for the Detroit Lions. If they were the ones, if they were the team that was so bad that got the coach and the GM fired in Chicago, that would just be, we beat them again. We beat them twice now, that week. <laughs> now, as as we have talked about in the past, I will never celebrate a Lions loss, but it would it would be a little bit of a tough pill for me to swallow uh, if Bevel won several uh, won you know three or four games down the stretch and got the head coaching gig because I don't believe in Bevel. No. So I mean that would be tough for me. A little that would be a little bit tough for me. Got James in the chat though saying after listening to him speak he feels good about the team and he thinks Yeah, the I get good, that he says he wants good. them to have fun but I just I'll I'll tell you this whole this whole season it, the offense is his and if he can't own what the offense has failed to do <sighs> That's on him. But what if? That's on him. What if it was all Matt Patricia? Could could it be the I fact mean, that Matt Patricia did that and made all those it, bad things happen? Maybe, but I mean, come on. A lot of that, a lot of that groundwork showed up last year. It just showed up while they were doing something that other teams weren't ready for them to do. So I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of faith in Bevel at the moment. That could change. I mean, like, like I always say, if they win the rest of the games and Bevel does looks great and the offense looks great, uh, despite being depleted for talent, um, then I, I don't, I don't have an issue with giving him a shot at, at the position. It's just that I think there are better options out there or at least higher ceiling options out there. Yeah, no, no. And well, and this is something we'll talk, we're going to talk a lot about this. Um, but I, I, and it's one of the things we kind of wanted to get through that series about, uh, hiring and firing in the NFL and what to look for, because I think that's really foundational work before we start diving into specific coaches or GMs and possibilities mm-hmm. and all that, except I'm all for Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator. I will, <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you again, my theory and I am standing behind this. We need a coach. We need a coach like Caldwell, except he can manage a game. Selah. That's the dude. <clears throat> That's the Caldwell. Maybe. And we need defensive coordinators with a whole boatload of experience who can execute. That would be a great pair. And then that would be a great pair. Who can execute and not have to burden the coach with actually having to fix the offense or fix the defense. Because if he can manage leading the men, he can hold the locker room together. He can do all the things that you want a great coach to do. Except having to run the offense and defense because he's got somebody. And that's why, again, I'll say it again. I like... 
Wade Phillips because he's been a coach. He's been very, very successful. We saw him with the Rams be extremely successful in the recent past. Um, it's just something that a new coach wouldn't have to work, work, worry about. And that's where Sela is. I feel good about it. I don't necessarily Sela feel good about has a lot of that, that leader in. of men aspect that yep. Caldwell had, yep. but also it's I, smarter than Caldwell was. I don't want um, him to come in and bring in some rookie freaking defensive coordinator. I, and we'll see what Unlin does here, but I don't think Unlin's the guy either because, frankly, I didn't see a single difference in the defense bringing Unlin in here before or, or um, well, the old guy, I forget the guy before him, whatever, it doesn't matter, uh, on, as on the defense. There was no change from year to year. It was the same problem, same issues. It just got worse and worse and worse. So, all right, let's talk something, you know, that kind of leads us to this, um, this kind of talk about coaches. And we're going to talk about it more in a little bit of a meta way versus instead of the individual coaches. Um, new coaches are like new girlfriends for the Lions, or at least for Case. Uh, you, you get this pendulum effect, the snapback, right? And we saw that. We saw Caldwell was this guy that had everybody praying together in the in the locker room to where um, Patricia came in and snapped over, and he said, okay, we're going to be sailors and truck drivers. Okay, let's do that. And it was complete opposite ends. And we we kind of do this, and and before Caldwell was Jim Schwartz, right? Who was a snapback, kind of in that same spot as where where uh, Patricia was, as far as how he led and his style. And we need to stop that. I think we need to find a spot where we can let that pendulum come to a rest, because I think there's a mixture of both that's good. Not too much of anything becomes a um, becomes a weakness. It, it, too much of any strength is is a weakness, right? Because you know the old everything when you're ha- when all you have is a hammer everything's a nail that whole kind of thing we need something that's a little different and i don't want to see us overreact to what we had as a coach as a coach today and try to create something so different what i want us to do is forget about what we had in a, in a weird way and say who's the best damn coach to lead a team right now and not worry about what about player character? What about, well, we didn't like this guy. We want somebody who's really nice and gonna, we're, we're all going to pray on the sidelines. Uh, you know, and, and again, I have nothing against praying or anything like that. I'm just using that as an example of two extremes of the type of guys that were there. I, just, just, just find the best end coach, right? I mean, d- let all those other things kind of fall by the wayside. Um, I, I'm a guy that I would have loved to have signed Kareem Hunt when he was available. <laughs> we talked about it briefly during the Senior Bowl as a, as a possibility. Not for the Lions. Not with Martha. They wouldn't have done it. Why not? Why not? We could have used him. He would have been great. He would have been great. Um, not that I'm saying hire a bunch of bad character guys because it does feel good and it's very much a Detroit thing that uh, we have Calvin, we have we have Matthew, we had Barry, um, guys who are high-class individuals, and I enjoy that, that aspect of the team. But we also need a little bit of fire, and I think we need to win. I think we need to, we're we're hamstringing ourselves in some cases uh, against success by putting some things that maybe aren't as important to the ultimate goal of the team ahead of where they should be. But why don't you tell us about the the pendulum effect case? You're the one with all the I feel like you stepped the, all over my analogy. The, the broken um. relationships. <laughs> um. Okay. Sorry. So both from personal experience of my own and uh, experience of, um, you know, exes and friends and all of this, I've seen this play out numerous times where somebody is in a relationship 
deep relationship with somebody. They're, they're very close to them and they get hurt. And because they get hurt in that relationship or just not even necessarily acutely hurt, but they, they feel like that wasn't the right thing for them. Right. So they try to go as far the opposite direction, whether they realize it or not, you know, they, they, they go the complete opposite direction. So, uh, you know, maybe one day you're dating a hippie and the next day you're, you, that, that goes terribly for you and the next day you're dating a member of the NRA or whatever. I, just an example, not trying to get overly are, are political you, with you, it. Are you the hippie in this thing? <laughs> I mean, maybe. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying, that, that's, that's a moot point. There's I'm just trying to give an example. Um, probably just because you went so far the opposite direction, that's not going to be the answer for you. That's my concern with the Lions because they have a history of essentially doing that. You went from Jim Schwartz, the, and I, I, this goes back before Jim Schwartz and before Jim Caldwell. um, And, and I, I'd seen it talked about, but I don't know the coaches before those two as well. So I can't talk to it as well myself. If somebody wants to, to, you know, call in and give their perspective on that, please do. Um, But essentially the pendulum has swung significantly on every head coach we've had. Uh, We had, like I said, Jim Schwartz, who was the hot headed, um, very emotional, but, but like uh, kind of a dick. Learn the uh, rules. Coach. The whole right. handshake with Harbaugh uh, to the the very level and an almost almost unemotional, but still like loved by the players, Jim Caldwell to the stoic, but absolutely hated by the players because of the things that he would say to them. At least in the in his first year, I th- I feel like that's we have more to talk about on that conversation, but like they, they, they've gone personality a to personality B to personality a, and I don't want to, I don't want to see them skip so far back the other direction that they can't use what they built with Patricia, even if he was clearly not the fit. Yeah. And that's something we're going to get into. And, And we have, we have plenty of time to talk about these things here. Yeah. What is this rebuild going to look like? Yeah. And we're going to oh, talk yeah. about it's one aspect. Of, yeah. We're going to talk about that one aspect of that here um, as, as we go for as uh, today. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into more of that as we go forward. But that's, that's, that's really, really big. And that, that, that snapback, that pendulum effect um, can have a real impact on what a rebuild looks like. And the, perp- the perpetual rebuild of swinging from one side to the other, because, and you know, Coach Fonts said it. Coach Fonts is a is a guy everybody knows, and if you don't know, you will now. He was a player's coach, right? And 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 when we talked to him, he 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 himself said sometimes the players that you, there's just players that don't work, and you got to let them go, and you got to get somebody new. That was that's that's his you know philosophy. That's his belief. That's that's where it went, and we saw that. And um, we can talk about, we will probably talk about, we will talk about some of that, how that uh, Matt Patricia did that. But if you're completely swinging from one side to the other and you're, comp- you're sweeping players out because they don't fit with the coaches, you know, where they are on, on that, that 
that gradient uh, or where that pendulum is at the time, you're never going to get a core of players that are going to survive. And I'll tell you, you have like um, Matthew Stafford is is the, one of the greatest examples of a guy who can survive and and thrive in any environment. If you think about it, he's played for Jim Schwartz, Jim Caldwell, and and Matt Patricia, and he's done well. It's better in some than others, but he's done well in the circum in every one of those circumstances. Every one of those circumstances, which is a completely different from one another. Then you look at the other side of it, where you get like a Slayer at Diggs, who yeah, no, I completely couldn't, agree. Couldn't right, and then absolutely you, agree. And there's a lot of guys like that, and I'm not picking on Slayer Diggs right now or yet, but there's a lot of guys that can't work in one or the other of those kinds of things. And if you keep sweeping those things out because you keep swinging that pendulum around. You're going to cause a problem. Now, that's not to say we need to hire another guy who's in there calling guys, you know, na- the names that right. Patricia allegedly did and all that other stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about we need to find a coach that's good and that builds a culture that's good and one that, if we need to, goes to the next coach because, frankly, we've got a tough year ahead of us at least, depending on how this rebuild goes, right? It may be a tankathon year next year. And how do you, if you're a new coach, right? And this is one of the things that's going to make it hard hiring a coach, I'll tell you that, is if you're going to say, okay, we've got a tank because we're going to change up the roster, we need a new quarterback to build around or whatever. I'll just use that example, right? Um, how do you survive? Your first year as a coach, first year as a GM, you come in and you destroy the team. That's that's already going to hurt. After two years, people were ready to have Patricia's head, right? And if we go have a three, After three game. or a two, <laughs> yeah, well, well, now they're louder about it than they were then, right? But yeah. there, there were no, some people, Sandman, 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 uh, is one of them that uh, that was uh, right away said there's something there's something wrong here. Um, but a lot of people kind of revise history, you know, you see that go on, but, um, it's going to be, it's going to be, you have a three win season next year. People are going to be ready to fire him. See, he popped up in the chat, said it three times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, people can be ready to fire him, but that, that might be what it needs to be. So who's the coach that's going to come in and, and, and the one thing the lions have is ownership that has kept their promises been very clear both publicly and what it seems like privately with their coaches over time as to what it takes to succeed and so a a coach may come in and say and then here look it's going to be hard we understand it we understand there's work that has to be done in a way that changes team but they're not going to get more than three years right so you've got that one year where you got a tank to get your guy then you've got another year to build your guy up and then that third year you better start delivering and um that's again the you know Wisco has his dude theory. The Ashes theory is the uh, you know in year three whether a rebuild's going to work or not, right? Where year three of uh, yeah. of uh, Patricia, we knew it's not. So um, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Now Zuki, Zuki's turkey, Zuki Lake Tavern. <laughs> um, Detroit Lions are a graveyard for coaches. That's not true. Bill Belichick came here. 
I also think Jim Schwartz will get another head coaching job. Ooh, I don't know. Uh, they talk to me Philly again right in 10 years and see if Matt Patricia has another gig. He learned a lot. Okay, look, I I understand 100% why we are upset with Matt Patricia right now, um, especially, hmm. especially because of the way things started off his first year. But if you don't think he learned some valuable lessons that he could take and and translate into later success, then you're you're just deluding yourself. He's picked up some very valuable lessons and uh, saw what clearly did not work for him or for you know anybody under him. So it, it would not be in the least bit surprising to me if if ten years down the road, this is very similar to what happened to Josh McDaniels in Denver. And he's already, I mean, he's been talked about as a head coach for the last couple of years. And if it weren't for the fact that he's likely to be the next head coach of new England, he would have been a head coach in, in Indianapolis already. Yeah, he would be if he didn't have that, 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 panic attack or whatever the hell happened yeah i mean (laughs) these guys i mean you take a risk you take a huge risk when you pick up a a a young head coach because they still have lessons to learn some of those guys are naturals absolute naturals some of them take you know some of them take a few lessons i'll say and crappy patricia is one of the worst win percentages in nfl history doubt he would get hired again I think people would say a lot of the same around Belichick after Cleveland is yeah. stint there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, but I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen anytime soon. I'm not saying Patricia's like on anybody's docket, you know, to be a head coach in a couple of years or anything like that. So don't miss, don't misunderstand that. Yep. But if you think he's out of the NFL completely, I doubt it. He'll he'll probably take a year or two hiatus and then get hired on somewhere as a defensive assistant. And then, you know, build his resume again. And it, I'm not saying he will get another chance. I'm just saying it wouldn't be shocking if he did. Uh, like I said, I, it's not that much different from, from Josh McDaniels. And Josh McDaniels is going to get another head coaching spot. If you talk to Denver fans after Josh McDaniels got fired from there, they would say the exact same thing that you're saying right now. There's no chance. And now... It looks like he could have been in Indianapolis right now. Inevitability. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, just don't, 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 uh, don't get too high on that horse until you know it. It uh, has played out for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always time is always, and it's it's a lot like the Caldwell thing right now in Detroit. People like, see, nine and seven wasn't good enough. We should have kept Caldwell. By all consensus in the NFL, we made the right move with Bob Quinn. Uh, and Matt Patricia, we knew from day one, Matt Patricia was his guy. We just knew he was the guy. We were surprised it took as long as it did to get him there. But I think there was conversations with the players who stood up for him. And and that's why Jim Bob Cooter was around for so long, too. Safford stood up for him. Um, w- w- you know, new coach, new GM, all those things. You got to do certain things to keep your um, yourself right with your guys. But um, I just... <sighs> It, it, it is what it is. Those were all the right moves at the time. They just didn't work out, and that happens a lot in the NFL. It's un, it's unfortunate, but true. And the NFL do the right things. It doesn't always work. It's a it's a it's a crazy sport, and you only get a little bit of time. as As long as the season seems to be, it's only sixteen games. Uh, it's not a whole lot of time to get it. Um, Harbaugh getting a call. I I 
pause to think Harbaugh gets a shot and as as a coach in the everyone NFL hates after. him too man yeah. you, you take you take a team that's already on edge because they hate a dude and give him somebody else to hate i feel like that's a powder keg situation you know what works for harbaugh that's though. a good idea you know how, how harbaugh what could what could trim that that edge off of him a little bit of cbd Get get that anxiety <laughs> and that anger out of there. Chill him out a little that bit. That's a pretty good transition. Thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> probably get him a little better night's sleep. And there's probably some pain. Those khakis hurt, right? They they hurt after a while. Yeah. What do you do? You go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Use coupon code Lions. Get fifty five percent off and take care of yourself. Don't let that stuff get to you. Don't let life get to you. It's it's a it's a tough year in twenty twenty and heading to twenty twenty one. It looks like get yourself. Some of the greatest CBD gummies, the oil, the creams. There, I've we've done them all. We've tested them. We wouldn't be talking about them if we didn't believe in them and if they didn't work. Um, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. They give us a kickback, but you guys, it's it's great stuff. Now, I just want you to know. I keep talking about this. They have this chill line, and the chill line is what people think of when they first think of CBD. You're gonna get a good, strong body buzz with this stuff. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna feel that same effects. You're gonna sleep and all that other stuff. But this one comes with like a you know, don't operate heavy machinery stuff. The other stuff that's not the line of chill, it doesn't have the Delta 8 in it. You're, it doesn't mess with your mind at all. You feel completely straight, except all those three things, anxiety, sleeplessness, and pain. It's all great. The cream is great for on-the-spot pain. Um, my wife had some thumb things we worked on that with, and then uh, she had, you know how you get those knots behind your your shoulder blade? Sure. Uh, you ever I had do. that? Oh, those are so painful and annoying. Yeah. Um, Put some of that on there for, it took about three days, a little bit of rubbing, boom, cleared right up. She felt great. And and when you put that on, too, the thing is, is, is the pain goes away. It's an analgesic. as an effect within, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Boom. Oh, you like that word, analgesic? <laughs> great effect, great effect. And you won't fail a drug test. And it's legal in all 50 states. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Coupon code LIONS, 55% off with that. If they have other, there's other stuff that's sometimes on sale for more. So, um... You can uh, you'll get that that extra percentage off, but you'll never get less than fifty five percent off if you use that coupon code Lions. Again, go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. It'll take you right over there. Diamond CBD, great sponsor, helped us out a lot on the uh, the uh, St. Jude uh, thing. So we we love these guys. They're good stuff. All right, with that, let's talk about the origins of Matt Patricia's issues in Detroit. And you were right, Case. I thought we were going to run. Like, I thought we were going to be done by now. We're 52 minutes in. Yep. <laughs> we're just, okay. I knew, it was, I knew these, these were topics that yeah. you, you know, elongated on. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right, so Patricia's elongated issues. <laughs> elaborated on. Thank you. <laughs> I'll elongate on you later. <laughs> I, I'm th that's a throwback to the old Mr. Microphone commercial. Hit me up in the chat. If you remember Mr. Microphone. Uh, all right. Uh, origins of Patricia's issue in Detroit. Let's talk about this. There's a situation where the players felt some disrespect. Uh, Patricia absolutely felt disrespect, in the, especially in the beginning, as a result of the uh, the whole thing with his um, with the article. There was some real hostility he sensed from the press. Uh, a lot of it just wasn't ideal, and I, I frankly worry about starting things off that way again with whoever the new coaches will see. Yeah, no, I do too. Who's, and I who's think responsible maybe here, Case? <clears throat> Whose fault is this? Is it your fault? I'm not sure there's... <clears throat> I'm not sure there's one person that's responsible, but I do think if you absolutely have to say that one person is more responsible than anyone else, it is Patricia. 
It is Patricia. He failed miserably in reading the room and how to um, connect with his new players. Um, he was belligerent and mean, and 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 I get it. He was trying to take on the persona of a drill sergeant, right? Mm. And I don't think that's. I think I think you're I think you're in the neighborhood. I think here my 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 perspective is is he wanted to come off as tough because yeah. he wanted a tough team and he thought he had to be tough and because if he was acting tough that they would understand that the t- expectation was their tough. It's like ra- raising a you know you raise a boy you get a sensitive one who wants to cry a little bit you, you, no. No, right? When things are at an extreme, you like snap them back towards the middle, right? I think that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to model and expect that from people. And I don't think it was as natural for him as it should have been. I think yep. it was a little bit of a not being himself. And yep. I think that's what, where, why it didn't sell. And I think it, it, it didn't sell in part due to him overstepping the bounds on more than one occasion uh, by, by saying things and doing things and treating players with a lack of respect um, and that kind of thing. And it's not necessarily that I have a problem with that technique. It's just that I think he failed in the implementation of it. Um, it what, what sucks so hard is that I think he understood that after the first year. But it was so difficult for him to transition the feelings that he'd already hurt into positive feelings. It, it, it's a different thing. Um, okay, so if I already have a positive relationship with somebody and I do something out of character and hurt their feelings, it's not that far for me to you know, apologize and get back on good terms. But if you don't already have a built-in relationship with somebody and you hurt their feelings, it makes it much harder for you to go back to that, you know, uh, yeah. back to a positive. Um, I think, and, and <laughs> I'm acting like a social worker over here, but I mean, I do have, I do have just a little bit of background in that area, so that's what I'm drawing on um, mm-hmm. it, to to uh, try to inform what I think is my opinion that he just he went too far, too fast, um, and there was no way to backpedal. He went to a time I think. He went to no, he when he, when was it that he played football? Was it in the eighties? Right, and I do football? agree with you. I, I think I know where you're going with this point, and I agree yep, with you. Yep, there's a certain kind of way guys acted in the eighties, and you know we society's evolved since then as to what's acceptable and what's not. And this is kind of one of the things I talk about the the ability to have like a younger kind of coach as a leader that has that sensitivity to what guys today are going through. Because they're more connected. A guy like him being tough is, you know, calling people, you know, names and doing and saying things that are just not acceptable in society today. I'm trying not to get demonetized. I mean, I, I could completely like say these things and be, be, use as examples, but I'm trying not to. I don't. I think for him, he he kind of was like, I'm going to put on this thing because this is what I want from my people. I want them to be like that. And being tough is great. And, and I think that that still flies today. 
but I don't, I don't think you can do it. Concept. Yeah, I, you can't do it with an 80, 1985 mentality. You got to do it with a twenty twenty mentality. Yeah, and I don't think that he has been in a place where he's had to evolve or really become familiar with that. Um, we saw him at Senior Bowl though, and he see he he was it was it was yeah it looked so early on like yeah, he had changed, but that goes back to did he lose everybody or not everybody, but did he lose people early and did they not give him an opportunity to come back? Right. And I think that's a little bit on the players too. Right. I mean, it's like, look, he came yeah, in. I won't argue thing with that. He wasn't right. But like, and I'll, 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 I'll go. If we look at who gave him um, most of the crap on, on Twitter, right. After the failure, which is like the whole idea of dancing on people's graves. And, and that, like I we said in that show, it, it speaks to your character how you treat people in a situation like that, right? How much empathy you carry in a time like that. If you want people to be empathetic towards you, you should probably carry some as well, right? And that's one of the, the things that's weird from the 80s where you, you can't do or say things, and society doesn't do or say things like they did then, but you can still absolutely like be terrible to somebody <laughs> when things are at their worst. It's, it's, a weird, it's a weird kind of way that things have evolved, and I think they'll continue to progress as time goes on and people learn... And we all learn about things, but um, the players that came out, uh, Slay was one, right? This is a great example. And this is where why not both. And thanks Ryan earlier for giving me the opportunity for that. Um, why not both is a completely fine thing because we can't, it is, it, it definitely Slay, isn't one or the other. Slay was on the down, right? He wasn't yeah. worth the money. Yeah. If, if we would have signed him for the money that it cost to get Slay, we would be kicking ourselves right now after we saw how he performed, right? And Slay he didn't was, like Patricia, and it makes an easy scapegoat for himself. Did, right, even to, if he did, what what we have here is a case of both are wrong, right? Yeah. Darius Slay probably should have, and, and people hate this, sucked it up, gotten over it, and and, and been an adult, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and, and gone to Patricia and said, hey, look, and this, we, I said this in the very, very beginning, and, and I, you know, I work at a big company, and this is the, I do this, don't know my whole life. Somebody does something that I don't like, uh, sometimes I'll tell them right in the room. Like <laughs> when the guy, when the security guard at training camp was saying, you know, we can't do Twitter, I got in his shit. I didn't give a, I didn't care he was a security guard. I was like, no, I'm not taking pictures. I'm just sending tweets. And we got, we went back and forth. We went back yeah, and forth. I remember hard. that. Yeah. 100%. I wasn't fucking back. I wasn't backing down. It's not who <laughs> I am. Well, no, but you, you were trying to be as reasonable as possible. I remember very much. But I wasn't saying. backing down. <laughs> yeah. And the next day, the next morning, we showed up and there he was. Right. And instead of having a gunfight at the OK Corral, I walked up to him and said, hey, how's it going? Man, shook his hand, talked, talked it through with him. And you know what? Yeah. It was yeah. fine. It was fine yeah. after that. That's the responsibility you have as a person. If somebody infringes upon your feelings or whatever else, you have to stand up and you have to tell them that's not OK. So Slay owns that bit of it. Now, I'm not eliminating Patricia's ownership of what he did and the fact that he was an idiot right? and, and, and did idiot things no, there. I mean, he but was. this is two people that have to work together and it's two people that didn't want to work together. That's what you wound up with. And, and maybe, I mean, I don't know. It, it, there was an evolution of Patricia. What I never saw was an evolution of Slay, you know, his attitude. It just never, there was no winning him back, okay? And that's a little bit of that diva situation, whatever else. I right, don't, I, don't I do know. agree with that as but well. I do think we saw an evolution in Patricia and we did not with Slay. And I will say that the um, the whole thing about uh, what's it called? We should have signed him, and he's not. We, we're not missing him. 
And I don't I don't care about Okuda. I don't care if we had Slay this year and didn't get Okuda, we'd be in a in in a terrible spot at at cornerback. I still believe Okuda is going to be a better corner than Slay. In the end, he just had a tough year with a terrible coach. Uh, you look at you look at Fulgham, James. You say Fulgham was cut, and the Eagles picked him up. Oh no, you're missing a step there. The Green Bay picked him up, and Green Bay is in need of wide receivers, and we're desperately in need of wide receivers at that point because of injuries. And you know what they did? They dumped him too. And you want to know what else happened? Fulcom hasn't been doing anything. I didn't see the last. I didn't see the last game whether he played well or not. But a couple of weeks before that, he had two good games, and then he disappeared. He hasn't been that great. So, well, he also got passed up by all thirty-two teams at sure, one point. Yeah, yeah, so it yeah. isn't like that. I don't think that's a fair. Fulgham is an anomaly. Yeah. I, I don't. I, if that's what you want to hang your hate on you're looking for the wrong place. There are plenty of places to be upset with Patricia. Yeah. I don't think Fulgham is the one. I think that's a silly one. Yeah. Now, I'll be perfectly honest. I know that's going to make some people mad for me to say that. I think that is a silly place for your hate to, you know. I think it's, I, I made this when I was talking with, with Riz, and it, it, it's true. Uh, and it, it, this is a little of the realm of politics, but I, I, I'm going to keep this as in the middle as I can with both, uh, the last two presidents, Barack Obama and Donald Trump, people hated them, right? People from both sides hated both of those presidents. In both cases, they made shit up <laughs> that was not true, and I hate them for something that's not true. It's like there's plenty of things not to like about both of those guys that are real. Don't make stuff up. Hate yeah. them for the reasons that are real. Right. And, and, and that's, that's fine, but you don't need to make stuff up because they give you enough to work with on their own. So, so the, the Fulgham thing I think is not, is not an indictment of the ability to uh, assess talent or anything Because else. everybody, everybody in the NFL did not know that he could do what he did until the Eagles were as desperate as they could possibly be. And then he's and not he, doing it anymore. And he, and he did it, you know. If they, <laughs> if they had not, if that circumstance had not arised, he would never have got a starting job in the NFL. It just never would have happened. So, so I think, I mean, we talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. A Risden. A Risden. Um, whose whose fault is it? I mean, Patricia is the coach, so he's ultimately holds it. He's gone. He's gone. Uh, I think Slay locker room or not is gone. Because of the locker room, but also because of talent. I, I think if, if look, you know who didn't have a problem? Was Matthew Stafford. They yeah. never had a problem with him. And yeah. it, that's partially because of who Matthew Stafford is. I think a lot of it is, we talked about that earlier, uh, it's because of who Matthew Stafford is. And, and he's worked with a number I of I don't think guys. we ever heard anybody on the offense have a problem other than maybe Kenny Galladay, but he hasn't actually said anything out loud. He's just, you know, hinted at contract issues. But contract issues isn't the same as, you know, having a problem with the coach. And I'm worried There were a handful. I'm talking, you know... Okay, so who do we have? We have Darius Slay. We have Quandre Diggs, who also has not been great for Seattle. He's had a few splash plays, but they, he's on a historically bad pass defense. Um, Ashawn Robinson, and I feel like I totally hear where he was coming from with that. I do not blame him for airing that grievance, uh, but he didn't ever air that grievance before he left. Uh, if, if you didn't pick up on it, 
Um, apparently, Matt Patricia said something about, uh, you know, we're going to take your career away from you or something like that. You're never going to play in the end of something, something along those lines. And uh-huh. I can understand why that upset him. Um, even if, even if the context is totally lacking, because all we know is from Aishan's point of view, mm-hmm. um, that's a whole lot of production on Aishan since he's been gone. Right. Right. Um, I liked Aishan a lot too. Him. So, so him. like, I don't, don't misunderstand me on that. I just, it, it, we, all we got is from his perspective, Quinn, who never actually really said anything other than he didn't like the system or whatever. He didn't want to change what he was doing. And who am I missing? I think I'm missing one other person. And that's it. Oh, Steven Tullock, who yeah. didn't play for yeah. Patricia. He, he had already double he was already out of the league. Yeah. So I mean, we're not talking about an entire team. And I'm not saying that those players don't represent some of the voices underneath them. I, I absolutely am not saying that those guys aren't representing some of the feelings underneath them because I feel like it's pretty clear at this point that Matt Patricia had not won that locker room over. He, I, so I, I don't think that I, I don't think that's majorly in question. You had two things happen at the same time. You had that article come out about about Patricia that just had to just just shake him, shake his very foundations yeah. right from the very very get go. And I think, again, I don't know. I haven't been there. I can speculate, though, that there's that. I'm trying to build a tough team. I'm going to be a tough thing, whatever. I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to out tough this, right? And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show people, you know, whatever. And he took that attitude and, and that's what he brought with. Now, again, what we saw with him when we talked to him, when we saw his evolution, we saw it in the media, everything else. And, I, and I'm just going to say, you know, Boyd. They get butthurt when you call out the little core group in the media that are in that room. But um, mm-hmm. there's people that hated him from day one, right? And you're and 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 you're gonna read their stories. You read, you know, whatever. If you read Lions stuff, um, you're gonna read their stories. They hated him from day one. They didn't want him to succeed. And and you know what? Their their reporting has been pretty much along those lines from the very 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 beginning. So um, whatever the next coach is, I'd suggest you win that room over because they will. <laughs> <laughs> they are the which first is, ones that's gonna create the perception around. Which is unfortunate. Around yeah. That that's a thing you should have to do because that shouldn't be important. It's those, that has those absolutely nothing to do. Might be more important than the personalities of the people in the locker room. That has it's nothing so to crazy. do. With, oh, that that really that. Yep. Okay, I know we're we're gonna make some enemies if we <laughs> if we continue down this okay. tack, and I don't feel like that's a good idea. But I I do think that is, I do think that's a problem. Um, someday if we own all the power. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can make some changes when we to decide that, to but... shut it down we'll burn it down with us how about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we wouldn't sounds do that. good we wouldn't do that we wouldn't do that we don't do that um so there you go um let's see ebron that's a that's a whole ball of wax that guy's a mess um okay let's see so the origins of the issues i think it sits a little bit with patricia and i think people own their reactions as well. So, so there you go. I think that's, um, it was started. Yeah. Steve, he started off on the wrong foot and that was it. There was, it just, nobody let him recover. Nobody let yeah, him recover. Nobody let him recover. I will yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I'm not saying that I think he would have. Yeah, right. I just don't think he ever got an opportunity. Yeah, no, that's fair. And this is not, and, and so for those that, that, that 
one this is not simping or standing up for him this is kind of a dissection of you know the postmortem right yeah <laughs> this that's that's what we're doing here this is this is what it is um sometimes you know Bobby Ross is another one example you can go back and look at that we broke that man we literally sent him to uh, uh like i mean he, i feel he, like that is that is very accurate you know yeah he needed psychological counseling and work after that and it wasn't long that it took um there's there's certain people in detroit that that's happened to and that have been broken by the city tim shovel day the old uh wings goaltender's another one that we just destroyed um it's just it's just the way it is and that's the world world we live in and that's that's the thing um <laughs> so yeah it's true that they didn't like Patricia. This isn't a case of a coach having a PR problem. He had a defense problem. No, I think it's all all part of the the whole problem. I I, I really do. He absolutely had a defense problem. There's no question oh, yeah. about it. There's no, no question argument. about that. No one. No, no one's, argument. No one's arguing against no. that. But um, there was times when Wayne Fonts had problems with defense or offense, and he still got a shot and the ability to win games. It's all comes together. It's all one big kind of tied together chunk of stuff. You bring it up though. I'm absolutely terrified of how we'll treat the next guy. And that, yeah, I'll tell you that he's not Matt Patricia will probably be whoever it is, is saving grace. I think, well, and And that's not fair to Matt Patricia, but think about it this way. uh, At least it's, you know, a step in the right direction for whoever the next guy is. There's a lot of boxes you have to check as, um, there's a lot of boxes you have to check as a team or as an employer to be an employer of choice. There are only 32 teams, and there'll probably be six or seven of them hiring coaches this year. So there's only six or seven jobs in, in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. I guess you're in good shape if you get the, the, the seventh best coach, but the best coaches are already coaching. You probably only get one or two great coaches that really got a, a shot to take a team over the top that are going to get hired in any given year, right? You want to be able to, when it's your turn to get a coach, you want to be one of those top one or two teams that are able to draw in coaching talent. And I'm going to tell you, if you, if, if you have a situation, okay, you got owners that are, that are going to give you enough rope to hang yourself. You got some freedom there. You're not working for Jerry Jones. I think the 99.9% of coaches want that, want that ability to, to, to have that kind of freedom. But, well, it's Detroit. You know, the weather's not great. Well, the taxes aren't great. I mean, Florida, yeah. there's, I'm telling you, yeah. or California, think about that. It's a 13% tax rate. You do, Whatever you're paid is 13% less than what you signed for by living there versus living in Texas or in Florida, right? But so, so you know, there you go. You're looking at the Houston Texans as an opportunity. You, there's no GM there either. <laughs> um, where are you going to be, right? Where are you going to, you, you want to be the place that people want to go if you want to pull yourself the best possible talent. And part of that is they face these guys because the NFL makes them face the, 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 uh, the, the press on a regular daily basis, and they have to deal with this throughout the entirety of their time in the city. It's, it's just one other piece of the whole puzzle, right? And so it's, 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 it's whether it's worth it or whether it's not, right? And, that, sure. and that's that. Sure. There we go. Okay, so we'll talk about it. Let's talk about... Matthew Stafford, his um, future in Detroit, does he stay or does he go? This is a big topic. Um, and let me actually, let me, let me hit something really quick. Um, 
if you want to get yourself a nice Matthew Stafford jersey or any of your sports memorabilia or clothing or whatever you want to look for, go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Head on over there and uh, pick up your stuff. It's the official real gear. They give us a kickback. It doesn't cost you any more, but they give us a little bit of a kickback on that, and that helps us out and helps us do the show and the, the Senior Bowl and all the stuff that we do. Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Thank you, guys. All right, uh, Loretto, do you want a, top, a head coach? Do you want a top head coach or a top coordinator talent? Yes. <laughs> because well, why big, do I have to choose? Yeah, we have not had both, I think, ever. Um, and that's one of the things that I think is really, really important. We need we we need great coordinator talent for both the defense and the offense because we don't have guys that have done that. Okay, we've seen what happens when we have literally what seems like zero talent at defensive on the defensive side of the ball. We've seen with Joe Lombardi and Jim Bob Cooter what happens when you have no talent on the offensive side of the ball and those coordinators, right? And we had a great head coach talent with um, with Jim Caldwell, right? It's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> we just don't have these guys. Oh, we've got Ron Prince, right, who to this day, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I won't go over that again. You need them all. You need those, those, those are so important, all three of those. And it takes a lot in the NFL. It takes a lot to put together a winner. But yes, you need all of those things, and they have to do a good job. Uh, earlier, someone said, What about Wade Phillips? Uh, and, and they did better after he was gone. You know how much better they did when he got there over where they were before? It was a huge leap from where they were. That's, sorry, that's what we need. And when we have a new coach, I don't, I, I don't want, a new defensive coordinator. I don't, I don't want, want Wade Phillips to be our head coach. No, but, but I don't want a we have a head coach defensive coordinator. and Wade Phillips. Yeah, I, I don't okay. want the version of Jim Bob Cooter as our defensive coordinator. Right? It would be like getting that. Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator. I'd be all about that. Yeah, for sure. I don't want. I, I don't necessarily want Jim Schwartz, but you, you know what I mean. I don't want him as a head coach. He would improve this defense but, immediately. This this defense. If we had Jim Schwartz as our defensive coordinator. Next, you know this this next game, our our defense would improve significantly with the yeah. same guys. Just straight up would be better. Um, again, with you, I'm not. He's not the guy I want, right? But it would be a certain improvement over where we are now. So we, I'd rather have the experience and someone that can that doesn't take the head coach's time, that doesn't require them to sink their time there, so that they can they can do things that head coaches do. We'll talk about that. Okay. Matthew Stafford's future in Detroit. He didn't help out with his latest, did he? Uh, he was talking about, uh, you going to stay or you're going to go? What did he say? He, he, the, the now famous line of everybody, uh, next, next, next man up. I'm only looking at the next game. We're going to beat Chicago, right? I mean, that, that's it. Essentially, and, it was, uh, I'll figure out what I'm doing later. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention. Which I can't blame him for, to be honest no, with you, because no. I don't know who the coach is. I don't know who the yeah. GM is. I've been through the gamut here. What's yeah. going on? And this is we're in a weird spot, right? Because because Matthew hasn't shown to be the Matthew Stafford we know, right? This year, and is it 
a function of the coach? Is it a function of the of, of Daryl Bevel? We're gonna we're gonna learn a lot these next five games. We are going to learn a lot these <laughs> next five games. I really do think that this is a. <sighs> it's gonna tell us whether Matt Patricia is the reason or not. It's not gonna tell us whether Bevel or Stafford is. We're not gonna be able to, to dissect which of those is the issue if things stay the same. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what I think. All right. And it's not going to be what you think I think. It's going to be that I think we should give Stafford one more year, but that that year is essentially a paid year. Like, like because we're not paying him very much and we can move on from him incredibly easily after that next year. Mm-hmm. So, And since I expect the team... Yeah, I <laughs> I hope that my opinion on this changes, but I expect next year to be ugly. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a tough year. It's gonna be a tough year. To I expect them to sell off some talent for draft picks. Um, I know that some people were upset with me when I brought that up a couple months ago. That I thought, you know, if this is a losing season, it's uh, sell everything season. Um, Unless they trade Stafford, which I wouldn't put out of the realm of possibility. Um, I would like to see them keep him around for one more year to see if he can truly rebound. And it looks like he has that, you know, I can play till I'm 42 gene that uh, a few of the guys out there right now have. Uh, although it, uh, I should mention, you know, we're seeing, I think we're seeing the last two seasons of Tom Brady. I, I don't know how you can look at what's going on in Tampa Bay and not see otherwise. Um, we are hitting that point in his career. There just is no getting around how depressing that is. It truly is. I hate it. I absolutely wish that we could get the Stafford uh, back from a couple of years ago uh, before the injuries, before the finger, before the back, before everything else. I wish we could have that back. I think he is my favorite player of all time. Truly my favorite player of all time. And, and I don't think that will ever change. I'll but if you. I'm talking pragmatically, I'm saying that now is the time to start seriously looking at moving on. Let me tell you about the Stafford paradox. If you play with Matthew Stafford on your team, you'll mm-hmm. never be bad enough to get his replacement. Mm-hmm. And that is the ultimate paradox. Mm-hmm. Now, think about this. You give your, t- you get your ex-coach gets three years. Right, because you know if your rebuild is going to work in year three, okay. Mm-hmm. You get your GM. He, you're probably thinking, okay, I'm going to get my GM. I'm going to get a guy that's going to take us through the tank, set us up for the next coach in three years, who's going to be the guy, and we're going to go. Right, um, Matthew Stafford. You have a year with him. You're not going to. There's no way the Lions are going to be able to pick a quarterback this year that's going to be a franchise quarterback. We're just not going to be able to get there. Um, and that's, that's the big problem. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford is a guy. That, yeah, no, that that's I why I say can, one more year. Yeah, it absolutely. De- it depends on him. 
It depends on the coach. I don't think Matthew Stafford wants to play for the team that's going to tank for three years. I don't think he's no, going to want to bridge for three years. He's he he wants to bring Detroit a Super Bowl. He wants to bring a championship to Detroit. And if he doesn't see that as a possibility, I don't see him coming back. Yeah, I just don't see it. And that's where I think he's at. And I don't think that Kelly, especially with the amount of money that he's been paid in his career so far, I don't think she sees the value in him staying in the NFL and playing. I I guarantee he's going to be able to get a media job and they're going to be able to, I mean, every summer they spend a significant amount of time on the West Coast in, in SoCal. I, 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 they like it there. Okay. I'm just telling you, they like it there. Who doesn't like it there? It's a great place. You got money. It's a great place to live. Um, I just don't, I, 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 I don't see. So the lions need to pick a coach and a GM that are going to do a three year turnaround. You could do it with Matthew three years of Matthew Stafford. You could do it. Okay. But you're betting it right now and you're leaving yourself on the, on the other side of that. You're leaving yourself with no talent and you better be able to pick a a uh, a quarterback that's going to be a winner, uh, a, a top guy. Tua, people, you know, people are still on the fence about him. He's 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 done okay. He's done poorly. It's been it's you know, is he should he have been drafted where he was? Who knows, right? Who knows? Is Trevor Lawrence going to be the guy? All, all things point that way, but I mean. As, so as funny as it was, things go other ways. We see Mitchell Trubisky uh, out there today. Right? We we've seen <laughs> even Justin Burrow, who was considered yeah. a a borderline generational talent, who is now you know going to miss a whole year, and we'll see if he ever comes back and performs. You know, right. I mean that's that's it's always a risk, no matter what way you look at it, whether it's a talent or a fluke injury type risk. It's always a risk, always. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So you've got a year of Stafford left. You're not getting a quarterback this year, right? So next year, what do you do? That's that's the real issue. It all depends on your coach. It depends on your GM, and that's going to be what defines how this team goes and where it goes um, and what Matthew Stafford does, right? He's got a year in contract. He's still got to be here. Can he play till he's 35? Sure. Could he be the right guy? Sure. Can you get the talent around him? I don't know. I'll tell you, Kenny Galladay. I, if if you don't sign Stafford, you're not. Don't sign Gall- Galladay. No, I agree. <laughs> it's that's and and that's the terrible part because you got no other wide receivers. Well, people got very like I said, people got upset with me when I said there's going to be a fire sale if this if this thing goes down. They're going to get rid of all their good talent and and not resign. You know, guys like Galladay, uh, Stafford's going to be gone. I, and I know that I was being a little bit overdramatic, but I mean, uh, there's going to be lots of, there's going to be, it wouldn't be surprising to see anybody from Decker and Ragnow gone uh, to, um, uh, <laughs> I would be surprised to see Arwarie or Kuda gone, but nobody else on defense would surprise me in the least. I think Tracy Flowers, Walker is Harmon, Flowers, you got to keep because the money he'll be he'll be here. There's yeah. you got you got five or six. I mean, guys it depends here, on but, you know trade options, but I agree. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean you you you've got guaranteed money sunk in those guys, but yep. there's going to be a lot of talent that that exits the door. Yep, um, and hopefully for good value. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, so and here's the thing that's the most important part about that, and we talked about this before the show. The team has to be honest with the fans, right? 
they can't come out and say we're tanking, right? But if they come out and they tell us we're here to win, and then they trade Matthew Stafford in week two, <laughs> right? Right? They, 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 the ownership of this team is in a weird spot. They're on a precipice themselves on whether fans stick or not. Right? There's a real tenuous grip for a lot of fans right now with the Detroit Lions. And how this team reacts and deals with this situation. This is the worst of all things coming together at the same time. And it's going to be interesting to see how they thread the needle on this. Um, it would be so Lions to, to, to fix this uh, in a weird way. Because they've had things served up on platter so many times and just failed. Right? It would be so Lions to turn the stinkiest, most horrible thing into something nice because they always do the opposite of what they're supposed to. So (laughs) we'll see how that goes. All right. Matthew Stafford's future in Detroit is tenuous, tenuous. We'll see what the coach is. We'll see what the GM is. And, um, he's on contract for another year. The one thing I think he's on contract, I think for like two more years. Is it two more? Sorry. I, I didn't, I, uh, I, but the point is, um, after this year, after this next year, his like cash paid out by the team is almost zero dollars, and yeah. there's almost no chance he would be willing to actually play on that contract. Right, so. right. So we'll see. We'll see what that means. It all depends on those things. But um, there's he the Matthew Stafford leaving. Here's here's the one other thing too. Um, he could very easily take the uh, the Calvin route. <laughs> And and that would just be a yeah no shit he's actually hey, pardon me um he's actually on contract through twenty twenty three but the amount that he would get paid for the last two years on that contract is so low that it's unreal un un and yeah it's almost unrealistic to think that he would ever consider even playing yeah that, yeah so. So that will be that will be that will be interesting how that how that plays out. Um, but I think the the first things the most important things are what are the Lions doing and what's the strategy. And I think they have to share it with him, and then he's gonna have to work it out with you know Kelly and what's going on. Because I'm I'm gonna tell you if you're married, you know, <laughs> part of that decision making process happens at home, and um, we'll see we'll see how that works. So he's a competitive dude. That's the one thing he's got that I think gives me some hope that you can pull something together and we'll see what it's, it's all going to depend on what the staff looks like with the, the, uh, the, yeah, uh, I don't think he wants to hang like. up no, at all. No, I don't think he does either. I think he wants to win and he wants to believe he can win because he's tired of rebuilding, right? He needs a this year. Believe in. <laughs> it, the, what my big concern is whether or not this year has shook him on whether or not he wants to do that in Detroit. And I don't know the answer to that. I just saw his demeanor this last game, yep. and that's what concerns me. Here's here's where I'm at. Because I saw his face this last game, and man, that concerned me. Here's but here's the thing about him, and it's the competitive nature of who Matthew Stafford is. I, I it, sure he wants a championship. I think you know anybody does, but he sees that beauty of a championship in Detroit, what it means to the city, and what it actually would mean for his like his legacy to win in Detroit. And that's why I think it's just so yeah. important. Absolutely. I know think that I, I absolutely is going think he feels to that be way for this. He needs to believe in him. When we saw him this last game, like you said, 
this was him saying, I just hate this. I hate my coach. Right. I, I, I don't like the coach. I don't believe in where we're going. I'm just not bought in anymore. That's that's what I saw from Matthew Stafford. That was the deflation that he's got another year now wasted, gone, and it's going to be a failure. Right. That's what I got out of him here. What does he need? He needs a coach he believes in, a GM he believes in. If 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 they were to bring in, and I'm just uh, pretend Matt Patricia wasn't here. If they were to bring in Matt Patricia now at this point where he's at and he saw him, the word in the street is he didn't like Matt Patricia. And that Bevel was actually the guy that was able to broker a relationship and make that work for him. Um, but if they were to bring in a guy like that right now that he doesn't like, he's done. I guarantee he's done. He's not going to do it. He will go somewhere else or he'll just stop playing. I right. think he wants to win in Detroit, but he needs to believe. And it's, it's, this is why it's so pivotal for the Lions. And I think you can get three, four years out of Matthew Stafford if you put him in the right system, if you get the right people around him. That, that offensive line? I hope you're right. I just have not seen him play at the top of his game. Who's he got to throw to? I agree. He's no, 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 don't, 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 like I don't misunderstand that. Don't misunderstand <laughs> that at all. Oh, has had it has been a rough situation for him, but at the same time, I just I I don't feel like he is playing peak Matthew Stafford over the last year and a half. Agree, agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, let's move on. Um, really quick, we talk about do we pay Calvin Johnson now? There's a question um, you put out, and it depends. It depends on how much we're tanking. If we're truly tanking, just Go ahead. <laughs> it's one of the if we're truly taking, just go ahead. But I don't care. Um, I, I think Calvin is the petty one in this situation, to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest. So yep. he uh, got that's paid a, a boatload of money and didn't honor the end of his contract. Uh, yeah, he owed no, some money I, back. That's, that's, I, so if you look I at it by the letter of the law, the Lions are in the right. I think yeah, the Lions yeah, 100% are the the I agree. I 100% agree. And, um, and you want to talk about goodwill and an ambassador and all that? I, I think, yeah, no, that's that's great. And I think Calvin would be, you know, would be okay there. I don't know that he's going to do that. Although, uh, I'll tell you, I, I, the, I, I know Punter at Georgia Tech, and, and he is quite an ambassador with the players at Georgia Tech. He's, he's done Zoom calls and that kind of stuff and, 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 and perked up the, the players and the team. They're not performing well. It's whatever. But uh, <laughs> he's, he's done a, a lot of great work with them. Would he do that with the Lions? Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe he would be a good a fan ambassador. But as you said, the petty one in that is Calvin. He's the one that left early. Everything I've ever heard from him about the specifics of why he's upset tells me that he has no concept of how that contract was worked out to begin with. He felt disrespected. And it's not that I don't understand why he felt disrespected. It's that I think that he just didn't understand what he signed on to. And, and the, um, and, and how much fucking money he cost that team. Yeah. Oh yeah. That the cap hit, and after he was gone, I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. To, to, to Quinn after he quit, that, oh god, he cost the team way more money than what he they asked him to pay back, yeah. way more, and that bought that's what bugs me. Now I'm not. We went over Quinn's draft last week and his history and how bad it actually was. And in retrospect, case I don't know if he did go back and listen to it, it it, it, it was really bad. He's got a hit rate. And now being really generous with this last draft. This the mm-hmm. 2020 draft because we just really don't know how things are, are going to pan out over time, but mm-hmm. he it, being generous with this last draft, last draft looking at all of them, he's got about a 33 percent hit rate 
Sure. If you average out his hit rate over this this 2020, he's like 20 to 25 percent hit rate. He's been absolutely sure. horrible. So I, I I'll say that. But boy, Calvin did him no favors by yeah. sticking him with that cap hit when he left. Quinn came in and and it was it, whether it was Quinn or um I forget Mayhew. his name no not Mayhew the guy we brought in to do the cap work whoever oh, it was sure that, that sure sure he, I don't remember the name took either. us from just the worst one of the worst three or four in the league cap yeah. wise under to, Mayhew yeah yeah <laughs> that's where we were when Quinn got here so much like the terrible story that came out when Patricia got here Quinn started with a in a deep hole in Abismal. a deep hole yeah. So and again, I also think Quinn will get a job elsewhere in the NFL. I think Quinn will get a job elsewhere in the NFL sooner than Patricia will. Patricia will. Yep. So we'll see. But uh, Calvin, not, I, not I, a I GM job, I, I not a GM, but as a somebody on somebody's there. staff, he'll be a GM again. Not, Maybe. not right away. Uh, absolutely. Not but right I mean, away, he will. He will next year be on somebody's staff. The education that he got. I think is is going to be in, invaluable for him, yeah. much like Belichick's education in Cleveland. Yeah. So there you go. All well, right. it's great that we're a breeding ground for people to get, you know, school of hard knocks. So yeah, only <laughs> <laughs> um, the breeding thing. As it's it awesome is, right? that that's uh-huh. what we do for people. <laughs> Learn in Detroit. You're better elsewhere. People opportunities. Yep. All right. Um, let's see. <laughs> wow, we've been going a long time. I can't believe how long we went, buddy. Um, we got a couple other things. Shut what are the down. next Shut steps? Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> um, Joe B. I got to hit Joe B. A at the super chat. He's going to leave like Verlander and get a championship. You know what? If Stafford does that, that's great for Stafford. I, I like yeah. like Kay said. He's probably. I'll always be a favorite. fan of Stafford. Stafford's, I don't care where he goes. The reason, as like, long as he doesn't shit all over the team. Uh, and the city of Detroit, which I have a hard time seeing him do, I'll always be a fan. As I, I, I would be absolutely shocked. Nothing would shock me more than Stafford leaving Detroit and then saying horrible things about Detroit. Yep, yep. Um, he's as I said, I would have taken Kareem Hunt available <laughs> this year. I'd have signed him. Um, that's me, right? That's just who I am. I, 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 I want to win. I say that, but I also say one of the things I love about Safford so much is his character. And, and, and to the point where you heard the stories where people would be going out to eat and he would be there and he would hold the door for just people like, they, like, you know, going into the, the sizzler or whatever else, right? He'd hold the doors for other people so they could go in. He, 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 everywhere he goes, he's just put out that good vibe and been a good person. And yeah, great absolutely. People, great stuff for people, uh, in the city. Tough and he, emotionally to move on from that. Yeah, so and he, I will, he won't, he won't shy. He's on the city on his way out. He won't, he'll do, he'll be fine. If he goes somewhere else, I'll be really, really happy for him. And uh, it'll, he'll come me. back to Detroit as a hero after his career is over. I almost guarantee it. And it won't be like a Brett Favre. I would be shocked if it was like a Brett Favre situation where, um, there's bad blood and it takes a few years. I don't care where Matthew Stafford goes. I don't Green think Bay. there's going to be bad blood. Even there, I still think that oh, that be hard. Detroit would that'd take him back. I'll like him, but I'll hate him at the same time. That'll be that'll be <laughs> one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but um, I still think I still think I there will be statues built of Matthew Stafford in Detroit. I have no and, doubt, and maybe in far in my mind. 
Maybe if I have to do it myself, <laughs> as soon as it starts snowing, man, it's been uh, super dry. <laughs> oh, it's freezing here. It's getting down like I'll build my now. own Stafford snowman. Our high is like in the 70, 72, <laughs> 74. It's been freezing. Got to get a coat. Uh, all right, let's see. Next steps. We're going to talk about next steps. Like I said, next week we will do the uh, interview um, with the author, Brian Rezepa of You're Hired, A Guide to Working in Sports. That's going to be a good one. And we're going to get uh, a lot of stuff put together uh, for you guys as ahead of the hires here so that you're prepared for all that. Um, Kevin, I got to hit Kevin. He said, losing out to Miami on Sue should be celebrated as a great movie. Yeah, probably one of uh, Mayhew's best. I agree. I agree. What <laughs> he would make maybe consider at the time his biggest failure was probably his best move. Um, that, was, that was great. Uh, okay, so there you go. We got all that going on. Don't forget about Amazon. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. If you go there, they give us a kickback, so it's a great way to, to do your holiday shopping, help out the show. Prices don't go up for you, but they go down for Bezos. Profits go down for Bezos, and he's got enough. He's got enough for all of us, actually, and he's, he, won't, he won't share. So how do you get him to share? Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Do all your holiday shopping there. Nobody wants to go out and get the flu or get any other stuff going on. So Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com keeps you safe. And gets you all the stuff you need. And you can send pre-gift wrapped stuff to people. I will tell you, that is one of the most amazing things in the world to not even have to reship and 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 get wrap and all that. You can order gift wrap to your own house. Talk about convenience. Oh my god, that's the way to go. Amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. That's how Case does all his shopping. And that's how he got me my I don't know. <laughs> my chaps. <laughs> right, old chap? <laughs> oh man all right i think that's that we were going to do around the division but we saw we saw green bay beat chicago that's probably enough a couple face masks a double face mask on the quarterback on the same play no call phony fake face mask leads to the hail mary that we can never see the end of when we play them you guarantee you're going to see a flashback to that when we play them this year and you're going to hate life but uh, Mitchell Trubisky coming up, looking at Chicago. What do you think, Case? How are we going to do against Mitchie, Mitchie, Mitch? Hopefully better than the last few times. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Look, if we win out, guys, I, I mean, I, I we mean, got a shot at the playoffs. Yeah, the, yeah, totally. Um, not out yet. I will be, here's what I'll say. I'll be rooting for the Lions to win for a few reasons. Um, and number one is that I'm tired of losing to the absolute incompetence of Mitchell Trubisky. And I, um, is it his incompetence really? Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it his competence? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, yes, no, I mean, <laughs> it, it goes both ways. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. Um, and I, also just because I can't, I'm never going to be somebody who roots for us to lose, yeah. even if it improves the draft position. Yeah. I get it. I get that position, but I feel like much like, especially Atlanta, in a division game, much like Atlanta had a surge after they fired their coach. I feel like this week the Lions are going to have a surge for for bubble. Well, have yeah, I would not be surprised to see an emotional lifted. improvement in the team temporarily. Yep, I think I think we get it here. I think the the downside 
to that whole concept is that after we play the Bears, we wind up with the Packers. It is at home against the Packers. So, look, here's the deal. If we can get that kind of boost and beat the Bears and come home against the Packers with and, and carry that boost one more, things get pretty crazy for this team. Things get really, really, really nutty. Um, if you listen, and, and I, it's on our YouTube channel, go to the, the DLP Clips um, playlist on our channel, and you'll see we have the Wayne Fonts interview from the, the St. Jude Telethon, and he talks about what it was like when he took over as the interim coach of the Lions before he was hired as the coach of the Lions and how the players reacted for him. And I think there's there's some good stuff that you guys want to hear from uh, from Coach Fonts at that time. Um, there's an opportunity. There's there's definitely an opportunity there, and and I would say bets are off. Daryl Bevel, maybe he is a head coach. Maybe he's ready. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm a little nervous about him being head coach and calling the plays on offense, um, but we'll see. We'll we'll see. This is going to be great against Chicago. This is going to be a great little litmus test to see how this offense runs without Matt Patricia in the building. And uh, if if there's a significant change, um, it'll be interesting. It'll just be very, very interesting. There you go. All right. All right, with that, we're going to call it a show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we will catch you uh, Friday with the pre-game show and then, of course, the post-game show with Sandman, Sandman, Sandman. See if he shows up in the chat um, on Sunday, and then we'll do our show here again next week. A lot of great stuff. Thank you all for joining us. Appreciate it. Remember, we're looking for your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback. Uh, Friday game preview. Told us about that. Don't forget us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. That's how you get in the slack. As the season starts to close out and all these moves are starting to make the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet, you get Riz, you get the insider scoop from him. A lot, there's stuff that doesn't come out that you hear. Uh, great place to go. As little as a dollar a month to the Patreon gets you in there. Patreon at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook, Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast. And on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, where a very awakened case is. It's just trying to take a nap. <laughs> Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, or on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message. We'll get you on the air. Uh, it was highlighted in the subreddit the after the Jets lost the phone calls. I don't know if you went back and saw those uh, case. Somebody, I, I forget who posted it. I, I, I went and re-listened to it. Oh, my gosh. It could have been. They could have literally been the calls from the, the Texans game. It was, it was hilarious. It was so real. Yeah. Uh, also, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can pop up in your ears automatically thank you for tuning in we're going to see you next time on the detroit lions podcast remember no pants no toasters no hot tubs no head coaches no problems because we're your detroit lions and reddit connection who needs final seconds winding down and look at that how big is that chris and case out of time Pack the bag, start the plane, this!